Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I will magnify the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The Lord liveth. And blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. I will magnify the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer our very present help in times of trouble, our shield and our buckler, our way maker, our very strong tower, our deliverer. Father, we give you all praise. We give you all glory. We give you all the honor. Worthy Father, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, may the name of the Lord Jesus be praised. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for waking us up today. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for air in our lungs. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the ability to walk, to talk, to sing, to dance, to speak. Father, we give you all praise. We give you all glory with the heavenly choir and sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Father, we glorify you. We exalt you. We magnify you. We praise you. We honor you, Father. This is the day that you have made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We don't always understand how you do and what you do, but we know that you are working things together for our good, those of us who love you and have been called according to your purposes. Father, 
we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. Father, I ask that as we join together in worship this morning, as your people are tuning in in the four corners of the earth, some that are hearing us now, some that will hear us at later dates, we pray, Heavenly Father, that your spirit, which knows all things and can do all things, will meet each of us at the point of our need. We trust, Father, that you are going to do what no man can do, that you are going to bless us in ways that no man can bless us. Father, as you do these things for us, we will forever give your name all the glory, the honor, and the praise. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, let God's people around the world say, Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, children of God. It is good to see you all once again. Uh, the Bible tells us that it is good and pleasant when us as brethren, us as sisterin, when we dwell together in unity. One of the ways that unity is promoted in the body of Christ is when we hear God's word. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing. Understand, some of us don't realize how much of a premium God places on you and me hearing the word of God. Listen, with the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right. Then the scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, you put those two scriptures together in understanding that we have to have faith to please God. The only way we can get faith is to hear God. So without hearing God, you and I cannot please God. When you have decided to hear less of God's word, you have just decided to receive less of God's blessing. When you and I hear more of God's word, put that what we have heard, put it to work, put it into practice, make the necessary corrections. We will receive more of the blessings of God. Picture a seesaw. We call them here in the United States a seesaw, a little children's apparatus. One child on one side, you see my hand here, another child on the other side. When one child goes up, the other child goes down. And when that child that is up goes down, the other child comes up. Well, understand my brother and my sister, if you put faith on one side and you put displeasing God on the other side, as our faith goes up, our displeasing of God goes down. Now, how do we get our faith to go up? Faith comes by hearing. You want your faith to go up in your life? Hear more of God. You want your faith to go up in your, in your life? Put more of God's word into practice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we hear more of the word of God, as we position ourselves more for the word of God, our faith will rise. My prayer for you. My prayer for me. May our faith rise in the mighty name.
name of Jesus Christ. May we position ourselves so that God can bring our faith up. When your faith is brought up, your blessings will be brought up. When your faith is brought up, thank you, Holy Spirit, your healings will be brought up. When you, when your faith is brought up, my prayer for everyone under the sound of my voice, may our faith be brought up. Now, when our faith is brought up, our displeasing of God, look at that other side, it goes down. When our faith goes up, we displease God less. When our faith goes up, we make less mistakes. When our faith goes up, we make less errors. My prayer for you, my brother, my sister, my prayer for me. May our faith be on the rise. I, we have uh, one of the great deacons of this ministry. The Lord is bringing him in my spirit now. He is also working to uh, invest uh, some of our funds as we are trying to gain some funds to do some things. And he and I will look at various uh, investment strategies. And what we look for in the investment vehicles that we possibly may get involved in is we look for them to rise. We look for them to have been on the rise and for them to to constantly be moving up. Well, this is what God wants out of you and out of me. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we be like a stock that is on the rise, that is moving up. May we not, we don't normally, my deacon and I, we don't want to get involved in a stock or get involved in an investment that has just been going down and going down and going down. God does not want you going down and going down. God does not want me going down and going down. God wants to take us higher, but I'm hearing God speak in my spirit. God said, Robert, you got to sit down and listen to me. You've got to sit down and listen to my counsel. You've got to sit down and listen to my instruction. You've got to sit down and listen to my rebuke. You've got to sit down and listen to my chastisement. God says, I know it's not always comfortable. I know it doesn't always feel good, but the Bible says that I saith the Lord, chasten those whom I love. See, some of us are much like children that don't understand good parents. Good parents will chasten a son or a daughter that has gone wrong or that has wavered. In other words, that parent, that mother, that father loves you too much to let you just continually make that error or let you continually do that wrong thing. Well, so it is in the kingdom. As apostles, as prophets, as evangelists, as pastors and teachers, we are called on to love God's people too much to just let them make that error. See, how would you feel if you were going down a highway and at the end of the highway, or along the highway, the bridge was out. And there was a big bridge there, but for some reason that bridge is now out. And there was an individual that had just driven that way and they knew it. And you saw them, you were going that way and they were coming back from that way and they didn't try to stop you. 
They didn't try to get you. They didn't warn you. How would you feel about those individuals? If you can, you pass them, they coming back from the very place you are going. You are traveling that way. And when you get down there, you see at the last minute that the bridge is out. You had to slam on the brakes. The car is skidding, almost goes off the edge. The first question you would ask. If you didn't ride off that cliff, why did I just saw a car? I just saw some people come from down this way. Why didn't they warn me? Well, understand this, my brother. We as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, we are the warning. We are the warning, warning party. I I know that you all don't like what we have to tell you sometime and, and, and how we have to, but we are the warning party. God sent us to tell people so that something worse does not have to happen to you or worse have to happen. God sends us to warn. Why do you think I'm here every day? You think I'm here because I don't have anything, anything else I could be doing? God called me off of, from my a uh, 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 career. Understand what God do with with his his apostles, many of them, and his problem. He'll call them off their career. The disciples, these men had careers. These men had families. These men were making money. They, God called them off of their career to come into a more glorious career. Call them off their career of being fishermen. God says, and from now on, I will make you fishers of men. God said, I know you were a fisherman. I know Peter used to be out all times at night catching fish and different things. But God said, I'm calling you off of that. And I'm calling you now to be a fisher of men. Why are we here? To warn God's people, to strengthen God's people, to encourage God's people, to rebuke God's people. I say, oh, listen, all of these things, listen, one of my deacons said something to me one time. Basically, what, what happens to you and me when we sign on with Team Jesus? Because that's what we have done. Now that we are born again, now that we are saved, sanctified, we are on Team Jesus. Now, I have never played on a team in the natural, whether it was football, whether it was basketball, whether it was hockey. I played on volleyball team where the coach didn't at times have to rebuke us as players. I have never. I think back to the times I played peewee football in New Jersey around 1975, 1976. Coach would have to rebuke us at times as players in order for us to be a good team. Well, understand, my brother and my sister, you and I on Team Jesus now. If I had a dollar for every time the Lord rebuked me, Harshly hurt my feelings, brought me to tears. I'd be, I'd be a millionaire right now, close to it. So understand that in order for you and I to be the best that God wants us to be, God has to chasten us. God has to rebuke us. God has to encourage us. God, ha God has to do so many things to get us to be that royal priesthood. 
that chosen generation that he desires us to be. Understand, my brother, understand, my sister. God is preparing you and me for heaven. Now, I don't know what you think God is. Didn't think God is preparing you and me for some fun and game. Uh-uh. God is preparing you. God is preparing me to spend eternity in his presence. Where there'll be no more weeping, no more crying, no more pain, where the former order of things will be passed away and behold, all things will become new. God is, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. We have to get ready. We don't have time to play around. We don't have time to joke around. See, we have time. We only have time to do what God is telling us to do. Anything else is a waste of time. Anything else, we're misappropriating and misusing our time. We have time to do what God is telling us to do. My prayer for you. My prayer for me. May we be busy doing what God is telling us to do. Praise the living God. Saints, we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 with a special focus on verse 11 through 13. Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 11 through Thirteen. God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah. God says, for I know the plans. Declares the Lord plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Praise the living God. We're gonna work from a theme today children of God, the plans I have for you. God says the plans I have for you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, again we come before your throne. Thanking you, Father, for being who you are. Thanking you, Father, for doing what you do. We thank you, Father, for blessings that we can see, blessings that we can't even see. Thank you, Father, for provisions that we are aware of, provisions that we are not even aware of. Father, we just say thank you. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. We give you all praise. We pray, Heavenly Father, that again, you will forgive us of our sins, our iniquities, 
our flaws, our failures, our weaknesses. We humbly ask, Father, for you to continue to lead us, continue to guide us in your paths of righteousness. Thank you, Father, for not dealing with us as our sins deserve. But thank you, Father, for your mercy, your grace, your loving kindness, your compassion. We need you, Father. We can't do anything without you. But through you, Heavenly Father, we can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengthens us. We pray, Father, that you strengthen us today to preach and to teach your good, pleasing and perfect will to your people. Father, I don't know what your people need to hear, but you know by your spirit, you know by your might. I humbly ask, Father, that you use this earthly vessel to speak your words to your people in the four corners of the earth. Speak to me, through me, and for me. Speak, Father, to people that I may never see with my natural eyes, that I may never know, but you know them. Have your way, Heavenly Father. We will forever give your name glory. We forever give your name honor and forever give your name to praise. These and all other blessings we ask, we count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we have prayed. And God's people say, Amen. Amen and Amen. The plans I have for you. As we look at the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, it was originally a letter to the exiles. The nation of Israel had been misbehaving as they so often would. God had to allow King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to take many of the people of God into a formal uh, foreign land. The people uh, were suffering and people were going through a very trying time. And the prophet Jeremiah was sent to encourage God's people who were being chastised by God. Now, understand something, my brother and my sister. God does not chastise you and me because he does not love us. God says, Robert, I chastise you all because I love you. God was chastening his people that were going through suffering people and God encouraged his people with a word thousands of years ago that I'm hearing in my spirit will encourage some of his people right today. God spoke to his people and said, I know the plans I have for you. Now, 
you and I have to trust God's plan. See, one of the greatest battles that you and I will ever fight in this life is our plans versus God's plans. The plans that we have for ourselves against or versus the plans that God has for ourselves. These, these two are often in conflict. Um, and what the Lord is flashing in my spirit now is oftentimes with parents and children. As parents, as children uh, grow older, maybe a father or mother wanted the child to be a doctor or to be a lawyer or to follow them in their profession and the child gets up in time to go to college and they decide another major and it can be conflict because you have the child's will that is not in line with the parent's will. The parent may have wanted the child to be a doctor or a lawyer. The child maybe wanted to be a an auto racer or whatever, but there's a conflict in wills. You say, Apostle, what are you letting us know? This too often happens with us as children of God. We have what we want to do, what we want to say, what we want to think, where we want to go. But then God, on the other hand, is saying, look, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to say. So many times I have planned to speak about a certain thing or preach about a certain thing. God gave me in front of his people and changed the message completely. I mean, I'm talking about I have spent all night in countries preparing for a sermon, preparing to speak on a certain topic. God get me up in front of his people and immediately change up everything. Well, he's God. He has that right. You know, he is the one sending you and I to speak to his people. See, you know, there may have been one thing that God was planning to say to his people last night. There may have been a change in heart over the night. We, we, we may, we may, we may not know what was going on, but then God come in and say something different. Why? Because as men and women change, thank you, Holy Spirit, God will often change the message he has for you and for me. As men and women change. See, you know, sometimes we are on things a certain way and a certain day. And then, you know, God has one message for us if we continue on that path, but then maybe we change. Maybe we, oh, Lord, my mistake, my, okay, Lord, I, I yeah, and, and then God changes his message. My prayer for you and me, may we change our behavior so that God can change his message. As you and I change our behavior, God will change his message. And the Lord is bringing to my spirit now, Nineveh. 
great country of Nineveh. God was sending the prophet there to let them know that Nineveh was getting ready to be destroyed. Nineveh was being getting ready to be brought down. The people repented from the king all the way down, had beasts were fasting. Everybody fasting. In fact, God changed his message. God changed his message. My prayer for you, my brother. My prayer for you makes his message over us. May God change his message. Look at look at what we're looking at today. Here is the nation of Israel that at the present time is being punished for their disobedience. But because some hearts were changing, because some minds were changing, because some stubbornness was, was coming up out of, and because some disobedience was being changed to obedience, God said, I know the plans I have for you. God says, my plan now is to prosper you. Before, God said, I was planning to bring you down. I was planning to, to, to just punish you. I was planning, but now, God said, I know, the, I know, look, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. My prayer for you, my brother. My prayer for me. May we always display a mindset a disposition that will cause our creator to have plans to prosper us. See, just like we, we, we have plans to do certain things, God has plans. I, I, mean, I don't know how many times we share with you all before this corona plague hit that God was planning to get the U.S. I didn't know how. I knew God was going to punish this country. We running all around telling people that homosexuality, got to accept homosexuality, gay marriage. I was like, Lord, Lord, like I'm going to get the United States. Who didn't know God was going to punish this great nation? Who really didn't know? I, I, I'd like for somebody to, to send me a publication. If you claim to be a believer and you didn't know God was going to get this great country for that foolishness that we've been running around promoting. God had plans to get us when we repent, when we change. If my people, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God said, my, then my plans will change. My plans will change. My Listen, my brother, listen, my sister. I don't know about you. I want God's plans to change. But God was, when I was a young man, I knew my father was getting ready to beat me. I wanted my father's plans to change. I wanted to do whatever had to be done so that daddy's plans would change. I didn't want that beaten. My encouragement to you, my brother, my encouragement to you, my sister, do what you have to do so that God's plans will change. We talked earlier today. I mean, yesterday, about Ananias and Sapphira and how that, you know, they kept back some money and did different things. Uh, and Peter had to tell them what God was planning to do. Now, they didn't have a lot of time to change. 
I'm sure if they they could have, I believe they would have. If they knew that death was what was the next step, death was the next move of God. If they didn't change, they would be foolish not to change. See. So what you and I want to do is we want when we receive a warning from God, a warning from his servants, or one we want to we want to change so that God's plans will change. God said, I know the plans I have for you. See, God's character, God's nature does not change. But what God was planning to do change when he see us change. Been a whole lot of places and people and individuals in the scripture that God was planning to kill, that God was planning to do different things too. But because they changed, God changed his plan toward them. I pray for you. I pray for me. May God change his plan toward us. You say, Apostle, what are you talking about now? Oh, okay, okay, all right, children of God. Go to the book of Numbers. Let me bring this scripture up. The Lord keeps flashing it in my spirit. <clears throat> Go to the book of Numbers. Chapter 22, and we're going to focus in on verse 33. Numbers 22. We're going to have a special focus on verse 33. We'll just go back as the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. Now, little background information here. One king, Balak, king of the Moabites, you find it in verse 3. He was terrified because of the nation of Israel. They come out of Egypt, winning all kinds of battles, taking all kinds of people's land. And he got scared because he thought they they were next. So he tried to summon Balaam, which was this prophet or whatever that's still debatable, to come in and curse the people and uh, you go back to verse 21, you know, because as Balaam Be- was planning to go, Bible says in verse 21, God in the morning sat the Moab to go get 
Balaam and bring him back. And uh, Balaam, Balaam uh, got up and went with the officials. But see, this is what we see. And this is why we need a prophet. This is why we need, because look at verse 22. But God was very angry when he went. Now, you say, Apostle, what's going on? Balaam, you know, planning to go and curse God's people. Didn't even know that God was very angry with him for what he was doing. See, sometimes we be doing stuff and we don't know that God is very angry with us about that. Now, God's prophet or God's apostle or 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 God's donkey in this case will be looking right at, you know, the impeding danger. And it'll be like, man, I, I don't want to I don't want to go no further in this right here with you. God is getting ready to God is getting ready to do something that's not going to be very pleasant. The Bible says God was very angry. The Bible doesn't say Balaam knew it. Doesn't say that Balaam had any idea that God was very angry with him. Bible says, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding his donkey, and his two servants were with him when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Now, I preached a message many years ago, and it was entitled, Don't Beat Your Donkeys. And this was symbolic of what Balaam did. Balaam was beating us. The donkey saw the angel with the donkey saw that God was getting ready to kill him. And the donkey didn't want to go any further. Well, Balaam didn't see it. He just thought everything was fine. He just going, going. He thought the donkey was just being disagreeable, rebellious. So he starts beating the donkey until God opened his eyes. See, sometimes God have to open our eyes and let us know how precarious a situation we were in, how dangerous we were in. Sometimes we just go and just think it yeah, He just going to get and God be boiling with us. The Bible says in verse 23, when the donkey saw the angel, not when Balaam saw the angel, not now Balaam had been with some servants, some other servants running around. They didn't even see what was going on. These other whoever these characters were that Balaam was with, they didn't see what God was getting ready to do to Balaam. But this trusted donkey, this donkey that Balaam had been had been with for years, he saw things very clearly. My prayer for you, my brother. My prayer for, for me, may we not beat our trusted donkey. The donkey had to ask, ask Balaam, Is that, haven't I been your donkey for some time? You know, what, what made you beat me these three times? Donkey was talking to Balaam. He didn't even, he didn't even realize that he was in the, in the midst of a miracle. Donkeys don't be talking. God had opened the donkey's mouth and now the donkey. Now, the donkey may not have wanted to tell Balaam what he had to tell him. But the donkey was being used by God. 
See, sometimes when people are being used by God, they they not the ones that get to so much choose what they say and how they say that they just have to do what God say. This donkey just had to tell Balaam what God say. Donkey Balaam was upset. Balaam was <laughs> I know he was. Balaam was hot with this donkey and this donkey was trying to save his life. Sometimes we are hot with people that are trying to save our lives. Sometimes that, that Balaam was hot with this donkey that saw some things that Balaam couldn't see. Sometimes we are hot with people, hot with places, hot with things that are, that are able to see some things we can't see. When the donkey, the Bible said when the donkey saw the angel, why didn't Balaam, these other uh, characters that Balaam was running around with, look at what the Bible said. Balaam got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, went with the Moabite officials, but God was very angry. He and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. Balaam had two servants. Whoever these two characters were, they didn't see what was getting ready to happen to Balaam. But Balaam's donkey saw it. These two servants, we don't read anything in the Bible. They were servants, but we don't read anything in the Bible about them having any idea what was getting ready to come to Balaam. But the angel, when the angel, when the donkey saw the angel standing in a road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road, went into a field. Balaam beat the donkey to get it back on the road. Sometimes, understand my brother, understand my sister, sometimes you and I are trying to get back or fighting hard to get back on a road that is going to lead to our death. Fighting hard. Balaam was beating the donkey to get it back on the road. Balaam had no idea that death was waiting for him on that road. I ain't want to encourage you, my brother. I want to encourage you, my sister. Watch the roads you're trying to get on. Just watch the road that you're trying to get on. Some roads lead to death. Balaam was fighting hard to get back on the road to his own death. Donkey saw it. Balaam didn't in the beginning. These servants, these other servants, they didn't. Angel of the Lord, look at verse 24. Angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. Donkey saw the angel of the Lord. It pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. See, see, and what the Lord is dealing with me on now, thank you, Holy Spirit, is that oftentimes our donkeys, now donkeys represent individuals that are trying to save us, even though we are fighting against them, even though we think that we need to come against them. Our donkeys are willing to cause us a lesser thing 
in order to try and uh, avoid a greater pain. Now, hear that with spiritual ears, children of God. The donkey said, I'm willing to crush Balaam's foot up against this wall. I know it hurt. I know it's uncomfortable. I know he don't like it. In order to save him from getting his head chopped off with this sword. The donkey said, I'd rather I'd rather you experience this lesser pain so that you don't have to experience this greater pain. As apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, oftentimes we have to give just like your son. You know, Bible talked in the scripture about the rod of correction, driving foolishness out of our son, or out of our daughter. In essence, what we're saying, a parent that follows the scripture, follows the word of God, I'm going to beat you now, son, so that you don't have to be beat by the police later on in your life. I'm going to spank you now, daughter, so that you don't have to be spanked by the police's blackjack later on. Balaam's donkey said, I'm going to crush your foot now to keep you from being killed by this angel with this strong sword. Don't you see that? You mean to tell me you don't see that you mad with me and you don't see what what this here, what you doing is leading you to. But yet you mad with me. Look at the Bible. So he beat the donkey again. But I love verse 26. Then the angel, not verse 26. Let me go now a little further. We're still not finished yet in verse 26. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead, stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down on the on the Balaam. It just said, I'm just I'm not going any further. I'm not going any further with Balaam. Balaam might get us both killed out here with this craziness. He with it, he was angry. He beat the donkey with his staff. He, uh, bah, bah. I love verse 28. No, no, we still ain't finished. I, well, we still ain't finished. I had to, had to go a little bit further. I keep seeing, but we're not finished. We're, we're just not finished. In verse 28, the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. Thing about this, even with the donkey talking to Balaam, because he was so bent set on his rebellion, he still hadn't got it. He still doesn't understand. Bible says, then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. It said to Balaam, what have I done? Make you beat me these three times. Donkey said, why, why are you mad with me? What, what you upset with me? Listen at Balaam's answer. Balaam answered the donkey, you made a fool of me. No, donkey didn't. The donkey was trying to keep your foolishness that you had already made of yourself from getting you killed. Balaam answered the donkey. You have made a fool of me. It wasn't the donkey that made a fool of Balaam. It was Balaam. Balaam said, if only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. Then the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey? Am I not your own donkey? In other words, donkey, like hey, we've been together a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you angry with me? Donkey said, look, you don't think I have your best interest at heart? 
Am I not your own donkey, which you have always written to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Understand, my brother, understand, my sister, that when we see uh, servants of God behaving in strange ways to us, normally it's because we have behaved in some strange way toward them. See, Balaam was able to see the strange way that the donkey was behaving. But what Balaam was failing to see was the strange, what the strange and the precarious situation that he was putting himself and the donkey in. Donkey asked him, he said, am I not your own donkey, you have, which you have ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Now, now think about that now. Have I, pastor, have, has pastor been in the habit? of doing this? Has the apostle been in the habit of doing this? Has my wife been in the habit? Has my husband been in the habit? Have we been in the habit of doing this to you? And Balaam answers, no. He said, this is my favorite scripture. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for me. This is my prayer for the body of Christ the children of God, the people of God. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. I, you know, I don't even need to go much further, but I will. Then the Lord. I remember my grandfather used to say that to me as a young Christian so many times. So son, wait till your eyes come open. I'd be doing some crazy stuff. Wouldn't realize how crazy it would be at doing something. And my grandfather said, wait, wait till the Lord open your eyes. See? Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. My prayer for every one of us. May God open our eyes. See? Aspects of our personality, aspects of our behavior aspects of our character that we can't see that God is thoroughly upset about that God is thinking about killing us but may God may God open our eyes he said then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and what did Balaam see he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn so he bowed and fell face down. Ah, oh, you said, Apostle, what does that mean? When Balaam's eyes were open, he behaved in the situation the same way the donkey was behaving. What did the donkey do that made him so upset? The donkey lay down. The donkey bowed down. Well, now that the Balaam is able to see, he bowed down. He felt, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So understand, maybe you're not responding to the situation the same way pastor is or not responding to the situation the same way bishop is or not responding to the situation the same way your wife is or your husband is or your, because you're not seeing the situation like they are. As soon as God opened Balaam's eyes and he saw what the donkey had been seeing for some time, he behaved the same way the donkey behaved. I, you know, I, my spirit is going to one of the young people here at the ministry. Got upset for being beat years ago for some 
rebellion that they were involved in, and they got beat, stormed out, left, come back years later with a little child, all kinds of different things. And I was just watching. Little child started not following instructions. And the first thing this individual did was they took something and beat the little boy. And I was like, hmm. I said, isn't that the same reason why you stormed out of here years ago? And now here you are beating. That's hmm. You stormed out of here. You run out of here. You, they, oh, that was just, that was just the most terrible thing. Now here you are as a parent doing some of the same things to your son as you saw done to you. Here's Balaam. After all this beating that the donkey had to take. After all this mistreatment that his donkey had taken, now that his eyes get open, when his eyes get open. See, this is why you had to pray for people's eyes to be open. Because until people's eyes come open, a lot of times they'll be beating you. They'll be beating me. When we're not wrong. It's a difference between being beating us when we're wrong. But here is Balaam's donkey being beat, and all he was trying to do was save Balaam's life. Topic of the message was years ago, don't beat your donkey. Don't beat your donkey. These are these are these are individuals that are trying to save you. Even though they may be hurting you. But donkey crushed Balaam's foot. I know Balaam didn't like that. Especially with his eyes unopened. See, sometimes, thank you, Holy Spirit, sometimes the same things that you'll thank God for when your eyes come open, you'll abuse God's servants and God's people when your eyes are not open. He was abusing the donkey. He was beating the donkey. He was mistreating the donkey when his eyes were closed. But when God opened his eyes, he thanked God for his donkey then. Thank God for what his donkey did. And he himself did some of the exact same things that his donkey was doing when his eyes came over. My prayer for you, my sister. My prayer for me. May God open our eyes in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. All right, children of God. Come on, let's just get a little taste here. God said, I know the plans that I have for you. I say, so I want to encourage you, children of God, in spite of Everything. God knows the plans that he had. You know, the challenge for you and the challenge for me is getting out of our crazy plans that we have for ourselves, that we have for our ministry, that we have for our marriage, that we have for our getting out of the crazy plans that you and I have and getting into the plans that God has for us. See, we got we got to get out of our plans. Now, when you find people that that don't want to get out of their own plans, see, a lot of times these are individuals that you know they'll find themselves warring against God's plan. You and I are either in God's plans 
for us or we are warring against God's plans for us. Look at we just looked at Balaam. Until Balaam's eyes were open, thank you, Holy Spirit. Balaam was warring against God's plan for him, warring against the people that were trying to to bring him into God's plans and tried to to help him along. He warring against them, war, but when his eyes came open, see this people's eyes don't. If God don't open people's eyes, it can be the simplest of things. If God doesn't open our eyes, we will be completely blind to that. Lord, open our eyes in the name of Jesus so that we are not warring against your plans for us so that we can be in agreement with your plans for us. Look at what the Bible says, Jeremiah 29 and 11. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Now, whether or not you know the plans I have for you, said the Lord or not, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Man, if somebody would have told me when I was 13, 14 years old that what I'm doing today is what I was going to be doing in my life, I would have, at 13 or 14, I would have thought they had lost their mind. I thought that for sure they were crazy. If somebody had told me at 13 or 14, and this is why God didn't send me a prophet to tell me at 13 or 14 that this is what I was going to do. Because I would have thought they were insane. Somebody would come in and 40 years ago and say, all right, 40, uh, Robert Bryan, you're going to be a preacher and you're going to travel all over. I would have been like, what drug are you smoking? What, what drug have you been smoking? Well, what God did is he waited until I was 17 until I had just accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And he sent me a prophetess. She said, you're going to be a preacher. You're going all over the world. You're going to be like a bishop, a protector of God's people. You're going to be a millionaire. She that I was able to accept it. You say, apostle, what are you saying to us? Some things we cannot accept at one place and one stage in our life that we can accept at another place or another stage in our life. Balaam couldn't accept what the donkey was doing before his eyes were open. But after his eyes was open, he was able to accept and he was able to appreciate what the donkey was doing. You said, Apostle, what are you saying? Sometimes we can't appreciate a parent or we can't appreciate a pastor or we can't appreciate an, uh, a bishop or a spiritual leader at one stage in our life. But then after God changed us, we are able to appreciate him or her or them or they. My, my prayer is that God will open our eyes. May God open our eyes like he did Balaam so that Balaam was able to see that he was the one that was wrong. Not the donkey. Not what the donkey was doing. Not what the donkey was saying. He was on bed. Sometimes God got to open our eyes so we see we're the one that's wrong. God said, look. I know the plans I have for you. So what you and I have to do, my brother, is not get ourselves immersed in our plans for ourselves, but we need to get close enough so we can find out God's plans for ourselves. God says, I know the plans. Well, then how do you find out something if you don't know and you want to find out from somebody that does know, what do you need to do? You need to sit down and listen. 
need to sit down and listen to the one that does know. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord. And what are these plans, Lord? Plans to prosper you. See, God has plans to prosper you and me. God has plans not to harm you and me. God has plans to give you and me hope and a future. But we have to sit down and listen to his plan. We can't be out trying to execute our own plan because our plan may not prosper us. Our plan may cause us to be harmed. Our plans may not give us hope. They may not give us a future. But God says, my plans do, Robert. So I want to encourage somebody today. I don't know who God has sent me here to talk to. You know, there are those of you hearing my voice now. I will never see your face in this life. I will never know your name. But God knows your name. God sees your face. He just using me to speak to you. See. I, Jeremiah, I'm sure he didn't know Robert Bryant was going to be looking at these, these writings of his thousands of years later. He didn't know Robert Bryant, who, who Robert Bryant, he didn't know I was going to, but yet God knew. God said, Robert, I knew when I gave these words to Jeremiah thousands of years ago that you would be preaching these words today. What a mighty God we serve. So let us, let us uh, find out God's plan, my brother and my sister. God's got a better plan for you than you do. God's got a better plan for me than I do. Well, look at verse 12 when we're about to close. God said, now, when you, when you get into my plan real good, look at verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You say, Apostle, what that mean? Man, a whole lot of this stuff, people praying God, not even listen to this nonsense. Whole lot of this prayers that people praying these nowadays. God said, I'm not even listening to that nonsense. We have to position ourselves just right for God to listen to us. Look, look what the Bible said. Don't, don't, don't say, ah, Apostle, how are you going to say that? It's not what apostles say. It's what God's words say. God says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. In other words, God said, I'm not listening to this nonsense until you all take care of this. There's a whole lot of nonsensical prayers God is not even listening to. People praying all night, people praying all day long, Long and God is not even thinking about listening to that nonsense. And what God is flashing in my spirit, and we'll close on this on Mount Carmel when Elijah had a showdown with 850 false prophets. These false prophets, I mean, they were praying, 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 cutting themselves with stones. Pray from the morning all into the evening, all the praying, keeping a lot of noise, keeping a lot of And Elijah kind of mocked them. You know, he's like, maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe he's he's in deep thought or something. He kind of mocked. But then Elijah stepped forward. 
And all he just said was something very simple. And immediately God sent down fire and the fire licked up the sacrifice. Fire licked up. You say, Apostle, what are you saying? It don't take all that when we are in position with God, when we are in the right position. These prophets have been praying and praying and praying and praying for all these long. And Elijah stepped forward, said one little thing, and God licked up the sacrifice. Why? Because God was listening to him. My prayer for you, my brother. My prayer for me. May God listen to us. You think about yourself as a, as a parent. Does your normally your son or your daughter have to come and ask you the same thing over and over and over? And what if you what if some of us see this? Let me know. A lot of people don't even know God, because if, if, if their son or daughter did some of the nonsense that that, that sometimes we be doing, you know, suppose your son or your daughter had come to you. Daddy, I need something to eat. 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 Daddy, 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 daddy I need something to eat. Daddy, I need something to eat. Or does your son or your daughter, who's in a proper relationship with you, just have to come to you one time? Say, Daddy, I need something to eat. Okay, let me go to the store, or let me go in the kitchen and cook you something, or let me. Well, look at some of our prayers. Some people pray. Same. Jesus even told them, "Vain repetition. Don't be doing that stuff. God heard you the first time." People be repeating things to God like God is deaf. God said, "I'm not deaf." Yelling all and screaming all at God is people. God is not deaf. God said, Robert, I'm in my spirit. I'm saying, yes, Lord. God said, I hear your thoughts. Not to mention your words. Not to mention. God said, I hear your thoughts, Robert. The God that we serve is not deaf. I remember a wise man used to ask me that. Sometimes being in church, people hollering and screaming at God and getting and a wise man asked me, why are you hollering and screaming at God? God's not deaf. But some of us think that is that is being real spiritual. Listen, being real spiritual is positioning yourself and myself so that God will listen to us, even if it's our voice. Does your son or your daughter have to come to you yelling and screaming for you to get up and cook them something to eat? Daddy, mommy, give me some food. Give me some food. Give me some food. Give me some. Do I have to say it over and over and over? Give me some food. I need some food. Give me some food. I need some food. Foul? Or do, can that son or that daughter that's in a proper relationship with you or with me come in Saturday morning? You're laying there asleep. I said, Daddy, happy and so you look up. Yes, son. Daddy, I'm hungry. Say, all right, my son, let me get you something to eat. He's our heavenly father. God said, look, you seek me with all your heart. Say, I'll listen to you. you. Verse 13, you seek me, find me. When you seek me with all your heart, with all your heart, God says, I'll be found by you. Class the Lord. I'll bring you back from captivity. I'll gather you. 
from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord. I'll bring you back to the place from which I carried you, exile. I know the plans. I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister. God knows the plans that he has for you and for me. Well, children of God, Lord bless each of you. May heaven continue to smile on you. This is Apostle Robert Bryan signing out. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.